1: Back to a panic edition of the Warriors All Eighty Two podcast. Marcus Thompson, the, the the Warriors lost by ten in Denver. Are you are you stunned by this development?
2: It's really hard for Warriors t- Twitter to grasp that this team it is a middle of the pack. Western Conference team that's going to win some games, then they're going to lose some games, and they're especially going to lose games to good teams. Sometimes it's like every game is like, "Oh, they're the greatest! Oh, they're the worst! Fire this guy! This guy's give him some postseason award." Ten games in, like the emotional roller coaster of Warriors Twitter is going to exhaust you. Take it easy, Warriors fans. We're in a pandemic.
1: A roller coaster to thirty six and thirty six. That's what it feels like we're heading towards. Right? They're six and six right now. Um, it reminds me a little bit of you know college football fans in a sense of good programs. You know, like I've obviously went to school out in Oklahoma, and like Oklahoma fans have become so used to this stand. OU has become so used to this standard of like they ha- They're eleven and one every year. They're ten and two every year. That like the losses you know even if the team isn't that this year because the warriors fans to me it's similar have have become so accustomed to being good uh, and they kind of gave up you know last year was last year but but now they almost expect like look, this is going this has to be you know a title type team and the reality is this season was lost in that realm the the moment clay thompson tore his Achilles i mean like if you have a max player on the contract on your books that's going to play 0 minutes like how good can you even possibly be in the NBA?
2: To me that's just what I think the part that's being missed. Like it's like, "Oh, this was a winnable game." Yeah, there are a lot of <laughs> there are a lot of winnable games in the NBA, right? Like that's that's what separates the good teams from the great ones. I mean, the Warriors were close in games when they had Kevin Durant in them and then at the end they do what they do. But there's a the Warriors did not rebound just cuz they decided not to rebound. Or they didn't turn it over just because they decided to turn it over 19 times, right? I mean, missed layups, yeah, they probably should handle that. But generally speaking, the failures of the team that lose are prompted by the success of the team that wins. It's not like out of nowhere. So I think I don't think it was a terrible performance. They lost by 10. They were in it. Could they play better? Absolutely. Could they beat Denver on on a given night? Sure. But this is this is part of what being a six to ten seed. This is what it's like. This is what it is. And as Steph yeah. said, hey, they're 12 games in. Give them time. If they're doing this in March, tricking off layups and game, like, all right, go, you know, go off. But it's just a little early. I just don't think it was that bad of a performance. Uh There were some bad performances inside yeah. of it. But if you got a chance to win an NBA game against a team that's really good, you kind of did your job. And this is the game that people were just wishing they could have when the Warriors were getting blitzed by 30 to open the season. It's like,
1: man, can you at least lose by 10 and make it close? If you put this game on Christmas against the Bucks, fans probably would have come out like, hey that was better than the opener. You know, it looked better. Um, I, again, I, th- I, I agree with you and we're about to get to the critiques of this specific game. Um, And, and I do think there's some curse stuff we can get to Draymond's night. We can get to um, the, the, when it becomes like wider scope, like views of where the franchise is and indictments on, you know, I'm not even talking legacy, but just like where this franchise is, that that is where it gets overblown through 12 games. But if we're just talking tonight, um, I, we've had plenty of discussion about the starting lineup and the starting lineup has been their worst unit. Uh, this season. It was fine tonight. They played 19 minutes. They were minus one. I think it was 44 43. To me, they lost this game, and I wrote about it. They lost this game at the end of the first quarter and the end of the third quarter when he played Pascal and Looney together for four With minutes. With Bazemore,
2: right? With that, the yeah. Bazemore
1: lineup? Yeah. In these four minute blocks, and they were a cumulative minus 17 in those eight minutes in a 10 point loss. And I don't get playing Pascal and Looney together. To me, Pascal on this team, they've discovered is a center you and they have three centers and they don't have to play all three centers they can but to me if looney's on the court wiseman's not on the court right you would never put wiseman and looney on the court together pascal's now in that group you're either with wiseman on the floor if you want it can be looney or it's pascal small ball um i would probably say he should go wiseman and pascal small ball and then looney is breaking case of a of a wiseman emergency essentially um but, you know, they played those two together, and it's, it's such a crunch court, right? Eric Pascal, we've discovered, needs space to, to go after s- slow-footed yeah, centers. Yeah, yeah. But when he's out there with Looney, the center's going to guard Looney, and Looney's going to clog the lane with that center and then suddenly you've taken away what you've discovered he does so well against second units, and and that that to me was the Kerr mistake tonight. It wasn't the starting lineup, and that's where they lost the game.
2: But it was a very Steve Kerr mistake, right? He's like, somebody's got to guard Jokic, and then who's going to be our rebounder to deal with their four? I don't know if – I'm not not sure if uh, Millsap was in the game, but I know they brought in Hartenstein, who's a pretty big dude. And, you know, I just think sometimes Steve is just like, all right, we need somebody to guard this guy. We need somebody to rebound with this guy. You know, we need somebody who can, like, he's thinking defense. He's thinking rebounding before he's thinking, can we spread the four?
1: Looney's like his safety valve. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of times especially on this team, right, where it's like, well, they don't really know how to play warrior style. Well, Looney is the smart, wily veteran who uh, is the third longest tenured, you know, rotation player. And, I mean, to be honest, I'm not sure Looney should be in the rotation right now. I, I like I said, I mean, Pascal gets 20. I mean, uh, Wiseman gets 26 minutes tonight. We can get to him. He had his best game in, it, I, I think, a few games. um And then you could just play Pascal small ball center the rest of those minutes. And so really, whatever
2: few minutes you have after that, just give him to the Draymond small ball center, right? Yeah. You know why I think that lineup you pointed out is so important? It's because we're, we're seeing this trend of opponents taking their starters out at that like four minute mark. And then bringing them back at like the eight minute mark, 10 minute mark of the second quarter. So really, like that's, that's the window where you got Steph against the second unit. And it's a much shorter unit than the second, the Warrior second unit has before the other starters come back in. They're getting a good. Two to four minutes playing against the starters because they're still on the floor while the Warriors, uh, while the other team brings their starters back. So that final four minutes, you're going against the opponent's reserves with Steph and you, you can't you have to win those moments. You just they, The Warriors have to win that moment. So if they're going to pull Jokic, if they're going to pull Murray, if the Clippers are going to pull Kawhi and Paul George, right, if these teams are going to take their best players out, sit them at the end of the, the first and third quarters, and Steph's still on the court, you got to win those moments. And that's why, like, it was just weird that Damian Lee wasn't, in, wasn't with them.
1: It was just like, yes. huh? I'm like, what? If Damian Lee is in for Looney right there. Like, I understand that rebounding might be an issue, but rebounding's already in it. They're the worst rebounding team in the league, by the way, right now. They, they're grabbing back. They're grabbing only 47% of rebounds. I don't
2: understand why he's always trying to go big, knowing that. Like, these dudes yeah. are not rebounded. Like, that's, you might as well go small. Like, I could see I it mean, if they were rebounders, but they're just not rebounders. We
1: should also uh, probably have a Kavon Looney discussion. Like, look, he, he was awesome for them in the playoff and really where's that, like, where's Ethan? Uh, where's Ethan we time, about the loony
2: renaissance
1: <laughs> i mean he look we were talking a little bit about it offline tonight but like he makes some sense in certain matchups like if james harden's out there and he's like playing some switching defense just because he's number one smart and two he's just he's not athletic so he's not jumpy at all he he can kind of contain guards better than um, he absorbs a
2: body when they drive into him. He knows how to just, like, maintain his balance and stay there. It's a very specific yeah. skill set.
1: Yeah, and, you know, he he can find Curry better than uh, Pascal or, or Wiseman can from the center spot, you know, just because he's played with, in that Curry ecosystem more. Um, but the reality is w- where he's at physically, which it's not as bad as last year, but he's not as good as he was two seasons ago, I don't think. Um, I just... He he doesn't really fit what this team needs right now. Unless it's Wiseman's in quick foul trouble and you need a center. Okay, go to him. But don't go to him with I don't think in a Pascal lineup, that doesn't I, I don't I don't really see it.
2: I could see him as that backup center who comes in when Wiseman sits in the first quarter. But I mean, like you said, Pascal is looking pretty good. Steve is starting to use Pascal with Steph, and that's kind of a prime moment. So Like I'm with you. Uh, Looney for me is just a very specific player. He's really good at certain things and those things are very valuable in a playoff series when you have time to milk matchups. I don't know how good. You know what else? When
1: you have when he's the center for a lineup that has Kevin Durant, Clay Thompson, and Steph Curry. Yeah. You know I mean like you gotta remember where Looney has thrived in his career and what team he thrived on. Like w- when you need more juice, when you need more spacing, you know he is now. He he missed a three tonight, a wide open wing three. He's now six of forty three in his career from three. I mean, he take him though. He he ain't shy. He fired uh, he's, up things. is kind of shy. He fu- well, he's he fired wide open up tonight. Saying,
2: I don't think he should take any more. Like I think that's done. <laughs> well,
1: but, I don't but, think he But, should but take then that's three. a problem when 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 Pascal's not. I mean, Pascal can make the three, and he's actually made a few, but. Defense, you know that he's not spacing the floor. Certainly, I don't know. I I just that to me, to me, he's go Kerr is going into the game too much, thinking I have to get Looney minutes. Where to me, Looney is a situational. Okay, we need him. Okay, Wiseman just is not handling Jokic tonight. Like he's got to get some time on Jokic. But wait until the game dictates that you have to use Looney more than like, well, I'm going in and Looney is getting this six-minute block.
2: Looney's only taking three threes this year. Feels like more than that. Yeah. Jeez.
1: He took some in preseason. Remember, there was that one preseason game, him and Marquise Chris, like I think it was against like the Kings, they took like seven in the first quarter combined. Yeah. <laughs> but he just doesn't hit them. I mean, it's just he, he doesn't hit the threes. So, like Wiseman already, I think, has hit as many threes as Looney has in his entire career. And Wiseman, I think, is like six of, you know, why does it look pretty
2: good tonight, sir?
1: Yeah, let's talk about that. I mean, because you, you caused the mini firestorm today, right? Like mudging like out there. This, yeah, man. Well, you did. You, you, I mean, you might not have I wanted did. to, but yeah, like I guess that, I did. I,
2: mean,
1: I don't know the exact quote. You mentioned something about you know it
2: wasn't anything new. I just basically said the Warriors thought that Lamelo Ball was probably the most talented dude in the draft, and somehow that turned into they picked. Wiseman, because Curse system were fit. They made it very clear Wiseman was number one on their board. My point was they, it wasn't like they missed on LaMelo. It wasn't that like they didn't see, like, yo, it's like, yo, this LaMelo dude is nice. If Wiseman's not there, we're taking him. Also, most talented player, like, you know, I know sir, there were some in the organization who believed that. I don't know that it was universal, but I also don't think that means the best pick either. We'll be
0: right back after a quick word from our sponsors.
1: That's an important distinction you just made right there where a lot of times when we talk about front offices or organizations or teams or whatever we say it like there's it's this one agreeable moving brain that exists in the organization. They think this, you know, universally. No, you know how many different opinions there are in that front office and, and, and on that coaching staff and yeah, you know, on yeah. that team. Like there are a few people that thought LaMelo was hired. There are I, you know, the organization came to very much, I would say, a universal consistency. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like by the end, it was obvious to them that Wiseman was was the pick. But, you know, there are people in there that I would agree would have your opinion before the draft even happened that, hey, you know, LaMelo might have the highest ceiling. There's others who didn't think that. And by the way, we are so early into both of these 19-year-olds' careers that I don't know which way it's going. I know some people who think LaMelo is going to be better. Some people who think Wiseman is. I think they've pretty much – I mean, we could talk – like Halliburton is having a good – Halliburton will be good in Sacramento. He's already very solid. Yeah, no question. He does not have near the ceiling that Wiseman or, or LaMelo have. Um, but, I mean, I, at this point, I don't know. How Warriors fans could be disappointed with what they like. I, Wiseman has flaws, which we can discuss, but man, like you see that bull dunkie out on bull bull tonight. And like, I thought he had a good night. Nah, Wiseman
2: looked good. You can tell he's getting better. I don't know why anybody is like miffed at him getting schooled by Jokic. Like, this is an all NBA center here. Like, this dude is good. Like, there's not that many people you're putting against Jokic where. They're gonna have the upper hand. So I feel like all of this stuff is good for him. And he actually played well. He responded. I think he took smart shots. I if if I wanted anything for Wiseman, I just want him to rebound more. Like I just I think he can rebound better.
1: Rebound and I, catch. Rebound and catch.
2: I don't right. know. I think catch might be an off-season thing. Like he he actually caught a ball. Did you see when he caught the lob? Uh, he didn't like he came down with it, but he caught it, it was kind of high and he came down with it. But then he got stripped and it was like I was like, oh, look, he caught that. And I was thinking, oh, there's a there's a good hands play, but then like a blink later, it was stripped. It was very yeah. easy to strip. Yeah, he brought, so he it, brought like-
1: it down. You shouldn't bring it down. He does some he does some odd things. I mean, you could tell his lack of feel. Obviously, um, they're trying to get him better with catching. They're using weighted balls. I mean, I've talked about this. I talked about that in the, in kind of the bigger feature I did on yeah. him. Like, yeah. But the thing is, they're trying to help him do that while also like. Ha- You know, throwing ninety five other things at his brain, telling him angles on screens, how you're supposed to guard Jokic. I think a lot of a lot of the catching people are like, does he have small hands? No, the guy has enormous hands. Um, It's I I think there's so much going through his brain. I think and the game the game is definitely not slow
2: for him right now. Right, like it's not. Yeah, it's very. And you wouldn't
1: expect it to. I mean. uh, anyway it's crazy Um, that he's
2: doing this with what we're talking about right like he has the confidence to still go out and get buckets to he's he's become like a really good a pretty reliable weak side shot blocker uh over these last you know maybe six or seven games where at the beginning like he couldn't even get to the ball like he's picking this stuff up and I don't know anybody who's watching him thinking the Warriors might have missed. Like, the dude is good. And if he isn't good... High floor, high ceiling. If he isn't good, like, that's the Warriors' fault. It's not him. It's because they couldn't take this clay and mold it into something. And so far, it looks like they are. Like, he just played a nice... What did he play? 29 minutes? What what did he play? Like, you just... just 26 minutes. 26 minutes. And a nice chunk of them was against Jokic. Like, dude, man... That that's not nothing to just be able to get out there and force Jokic to be able to make plays. Like that's not nothing. People are tripping.
1: He had a very rough end of the homestand. I mean, the the Ibaka matchup wasn't good for him. He wasn't yeah, was, great was in the bad. Toronto game. The, you know Turner and Sabonis kind of yeah. gave it to him, and he yeah. looked a little bit he looked a little bit overwhelmed by the end of the road trip, but. He was their best center tonight. He was better than Looney. He was better than Pascal, who was, I think, two and nine at one point, did not play well. And he was better than Draymond, really. I mean, we can get into it. Draymond had his worst game of the season, <laughs> I thought. Um, Wiseman gave him 18 pretty efficient minutes. He, the jumper is not. You know how like early on he was hitting the jumpers like in the Nets game and stuff, and you're like, maybe yeah. he's just hitting it now and it'll leave him. Like now, when he rises up for a 17, like face up 17 footer. You feel pretty like this is has a decent chance of going in. You almost want to see him shoot more through. Yeah, absolutely. You know what's unique about
2: it is he's got it. Like he hit the baseline one today. He's pretty he's good straight on. He can hit the wings. Like that's a good sign. It that's not a matter of like y'all spent, you know, a bunch of time in the gym getting up thousands of shots to work on a spot, right? And I'm really good at this spot. Like he can move around and still hit the shot. Like Ubre is probably best corners and top, right? Like has he got a best chance. From the corners and maybe from the top, but like you, you're, we're watching Wiseman hit shots from all over the court, which I think is a good sign. And today, tonight he's dribbling down court and he makes a, a fairly basic pass, but you know, on a fast break, but it was actually a pretty tricky pass. Yeah. It was a nice pass, right? It was on time. The, the, the receiver to borrow football parlance, right? Didn't have to slow up or anything. I I should get it. This is where I get off a, he threw him open take. Can I, can I use that? He threw, nah. But, like, just just dribble, off the dribble, running, make a pass ahead, make it on time for a fast break. Like, he those, those are legit skills.
1: Yeah, you vocalized something that I've kind of has been in the back of my mind as we watch him, like, go through these rebounding and, and catching and traffic issues is it's pretty unique, the mix of – we've seen plenty of centers over time. Festus Azalea is one I know Warriors fans out a lot who, who struggle to catch the ball. Yeah. But the thing is, those guys usually don't then get the ball in the open court, and they're like, "Remember, we, like he had earlier season, he went behind the back in transition to like shake Lillard. I mean, we've seen the Euro step. Like, it's he suddenly goes from someone where you're like, man, like the the skill might not be there to like, oh, like the skill is exploding within him. It's like, like sometimes it's, his hands are feathery weird, soft,
2: and sometimes they're like stone. Right? Like, it's like yeah. how do you how do you do that? Like, this it's crazy that he can. Vasily, but I think you're right on it. I think that's why what you're saying was right. I think it's more like the it's the thinking. Yeah, it's there's a lot happening in his mind. It's just tough for him to see well, it.
1: It's very hard to be. I probably underrated this coming in because I think a lot of you know some of it was like, look, he'll come in and be Javale McGee, um, and like it's it's a plug and play. Like you won't have really many issues. Like. It is so hard to be a center in the NBA. That is the most important defensive position. Now, Draymond Green is a unique guy to play next to because he can basically be what centers usually are, which is the back line, the anchor, the brains, all that. He has to do a lot more than like Wiggins has been awesome for the Warriors defensively. But it's like, hey, you know, guard one on one, not like. You know, what's pick and roll are they trying? Okay, well, watch out for these speedy guards coming downhill, but also, you know, post-ups, different team rotations. You always got to be talking. He's a quiet kid, mostly, uh, somewhat shy, and, like, they're trying to get him to talk a lot more, and I just think sometimes the information does seem to be overwhelming him. For a guy who I don't think has the most natural feel, that is the biggest difference between him and LaMelo at this age. It's just, like, one is just, like, basketball is so natural. The other is... Has a bo- has an athletic tool set and a want you know and, and a desire to be great, but is really like learning. He's he's a lot more behind on just knowing the game. Yeah, at a position where it's hard. In all
2: fairness, Lamelo is a point guard, so he he definitely he needs what he's what he's showing. Like that's if if you were gonna start with you know how good is Lamelo gonna be? Let's what what tools are we looking for? Like what intangibles? What's his unique gift? Like that's it. And that's a great. But I don't think that's Wiseman's unique gift. So his unique gift is pretty, uh, is being seven foot one and can shoot and can be a little bit of Giannis. He probably won't ever be Embiid, but you can see it. And, and look, there's a lot of talk. And one of the reasons the LaMelo thing is, is being brought up so much is because there's this idea that Wiseman, can't really help you now or next year like win a championship uh for number one i want to see him with the year under his belt with clay and steph on the court like i think i just think that's a totally different beast right like that's a different monster when you have steph and clay on the court but also he's one of the best players to put with steph you you don't want to waste Steph's year you don't waste his what you don't want to waste 32 for steph and curry you probably need to put him with somebody who can he can pick and roll with, who can finish with him, who can I want pick like and roll draw ahead tonight. Exactly right. Like there aren't that many players they could have gotten their hands on who can take attention off of Steph and Wiseman does that. I do think that's important, and you can you can already feel the vibes of like how much you know Steph feels like it's like something playing with Wiseman. You could just tell. Uh, he feels it.
1: You know what they're not doing with James Wiseman this year? They're not going to win the title. You know what they wouldn't do if they had LaMelo Ball? They're, they're not going to win the, the title. title with him. If they <laughs> traded James Wiseman happened. for Marcus Smart, yet yet Klay Thompson is still out with an Achilles tear, they're not he's winning, not the, winning the, title the title either. Like James Wiseman is so valuable to them not only potentially for you know, the future down the line if they really accelerate his growth process and he's an awesome center by next season when Clay is back. But uh, he, from the moment he got drafted to now, his trade value has gone up. Much uh, no question.
2: No question. And I do think there are other ways to get what what he doesn't have other than giving him up, right? Like you can – I think there's a way to do both. You can secure the future and have, have somebody, you know, under lock and key for what, the next – Nine years, depending, you know, what I'm saying like if you take his rookie contract and then whatever, you know, presuming like a five year due after that, you know, you can you can secure the future while keeping him and what he can give you. Like when Clay comes back, go get a veteran center. I mean, it's really that simple. You don't have to have, you know, Joel and B to win a title, but you if they had they could use a veteran center now. Like, would not you replace Looney? Like, if, if Sergi Bacchus says, sure, I'll rather play for the Warriors than the Clippers, right? Like, they sniffed
1: around on Marcus and Aaron Baines. And yeah.
2: Gasol, yeah. So, I, mean, I that's mean, that's what I'm did. saying. Like, you can Marquise put Wiseman in a veteran back. center it, next year. It, absolutely. Get a veteran center, you know, and for, for the things that Wiseman can't do, you got somebody to lean on, you know, and they've had that. They've had the Javel McGee, the David West, the Zaza Pachulias. So it wouldn't be foreign and also somebody who can teach him these things. Right. Like that's that's going to be key. But in the meantime, they're not winning a championship. Like <laughs> it's not happening. Yeah. So go ahead and let them cook.
1: It ended in a Los Angeles gym the morning of the draft. It just did. I mean, and we knew it at the time, right? The Clay Thompson injury, all we wrote in the days after were like, well, title's out the window. And I, the, Thing is, like, we still have to watch these games and judge it. And I think, you know, Kerr deserves his criticism at times, Steph, for the aggressiveness we've gotten into. I want to have a Draymond Green discussion before we get out of here. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, like, the season, the the loftiest goals of this season were just taken away by the Clay Thompson injury. And that's just reality.
2: I just think it's a little bit, eh, a little bit wild to be making, uh, like, categoric. Commentary off a loss to Denver in Denver.
0: <laughs> like, Agree <I> just, <laughs> on that.
1: I I wanted to so there's 250 players in the NBA this season have played at least 150 minutes. Draymond Green has played 215 minutes, and he in them has scored 32 points. So that's 32 points spread over eight games. That's the second lowest in the league uh, among the most? those 250 players. Gary Clark. Gary Clark uh, on the magic has played yeah. 158 minutes and only scored 20 points. TJ McConnell is third fewest. <laughs> He's played 157 minutes and scored 33. A little bit, one more than Draymond. Draymond I believe had one point tonight. Um he I put a clip up but like he just straight up passed up a layup. That he, was like, he wild. Had a,
2: that was wild. Like, that layup
1: over Jokic. Hey, well, Jokic? Not was, only is Nikola Jokic, Jokic wasn't not even really there. A rim he wasn't even there. Like not only is Nikola Jokic not a rim protector, Draymond Green has literally had TNT segments yeah. where he's broken Ripping down defense, how yeah. much of a yeah how much Jokic isn't. So I understand like his value to this team. He showed it during the home. He didn't score during the home stand really at all, and he was awesome. Um, what he did to them defensively, what he does on offensive, you know, organize organizing everything but um he his offensive decline for as a from a score standpoint is really even worse than it's ever been right now i mean he is just not scoring and that's gonna be a pro i mean it's it's just a, it was a problem tonight i mean it's one of the main reasons they lost and we can get into it. like he had a really bad defensive night too but i think wider scope the offense is Mm -mm, kind of a concern i mean he had a he had a game i forgot who was against but i think
2: he had like 10 10 he almost had like a double uh triple double and it's like that's like they need him they need that 10 They, they need that 10 i i think more important is him getting the shots up right but somebody uh pointed out on social media that you know Denver might have been especially tough for his conditioning. Like, I don't, I'm not sure. <laughs> I know we got to be a little bit, uh, <laughs> you know, dance around the topic, but. Uh, well, he
1: was in isolation. We know he was in isolation, quarantine, How, take it however you want yeah, for and, basically all of training camp, then had a foot thing.
2: I agree. So I, I, I didn't even think about that live. Uh, he, he took a, a mid range jumper and he kind of looked like he, he just didn't have the legs to shoot it, and he didn't make it. And I think he just stopped. I think he just decided my offense ain't there tonight. He missed three free throws. That layup you showed, he didn't even look at the rim, and he had a wide open layup. Uh And then the last game, he ended by, you know, getting hung on that dunk. So I think there's something, like, confidence-wise where he's like, I'm not really clicking with my offense because he only, like, two shots in it, like two for seven, three for eight. It's like, all right. Just, but take the shots. Like, take the shots that will get you the 10. That's how you get the 10. Tonight, he just really wasn't aggressive at all. I still think he can be not like dominant offense, but a factor. I I know he wants to like rack up the assists and be the flow. Like, that's what he sees his contribution is. But I do think he's got more to give on offense. And I think tonight was just a couple of. Opportunities and then he just shut it down, right? But like you makes that layup, he takes that little. I don't know why they hate this shot so much. You see, all the good scorers take it that little 12 foot, you get by your man, dotted line area, just pull up and take that, right? Like it's, it's there all day, it's wide open. Uh, if he just hits two of those and get out of transition, like I think he can be that. I just, he just got to have the confidence to do it. Uh, but I think the Denver altitude got him. And also, I mean, don't you think, like, I figured he'd be up for Jokic because of the TNT segments, right? I thought he'd be like, all right, I talked yeah. to all his best. I got to shut him down. He just didn't – he did not look like that player tonight, right? He, he just didn't.
1: The idea of the game I expected was Jokic to kind of give it to Wiseman, probably get Wiseman in early foul trouble. And I – so Somewhat similar to the Indiana game, the way he took the Sabonis matchup a few times, stripped Sabonis, was kind of roaring yeah. a little bit defensively. Yeah. I thought he was going to try to do that to Jokic. Now, Jokic is a tougher matchup than Sabonis, but I thought. I Do you even remember him guarding? I don't think so. Jokic once tonight? I mean, there was a couple the, times he
2: helped over, but he wasn't that much of a help. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think he was on the
1: film. His defensive film tonight is bad. He was getting back cut behind him and being like, oh, whoops. You know, it was like. He had a bad defensive night. He He took a couple of, like,
2: fast break touch fouls, like stopping the break. That was weird.
1: You don't worry about it. Like, the only thing you worry about tonight, I mean, the offensive discussion which we've already had and then this idea that how much gas does he have in the tank you yeah, know right. how many how many that that second portland game where steph had the 62 points and draymond was everywhere defensively you just wonder with these guys like how many though not that stephanie's 62 but how many just full throttle offensive games does steph have in his tank this year and how many of those defensive games does draymond have um because as we saw tonight they're just they're a mut they're just a much easier team to beat when Draymond Green looks like last season's version, not two, three, four years ago version.
2: The layup drill that Denver had in the first half was insane. Like <laughs> they were just everything was to the bucket. It was like yo, and Draymond was on the court. That's what that was weird about it. They don't have a. I mean, actually, they do have a chance. They had a chance tonight, but generally speaking, they don't have a chance if Draymond's not. Giving them something tonight, he didn't give them very much. I know he had seven assists, but he didn't. They, he didn't give he them was low enough energy, to win. And you know yeah. what
1: happens? You know what happens when he's low energy. Everybody else.
2: Everybody is. else is. Yeah. Everybody he's, else is. Yeah. But yeah, that Denver altitude. Yeah. Probably. That that makes a lot of sense. Like afterwards, like watching them play. Like yeah, okay. Uh, which which means that's something to pay attention to, right? Like the the rest of the I way. I kind
1: of wish that they were being tested in Phoenix tomorrow night on the back end of a back to back against a tough Phoenix team. I would have liked to see how they would have responded. Instead, they're going to get Friday off, Saturday off, and Sunday off. Um, leading into a when did they the go Lakers. to L.A.? They're going to L.A. on Sunday after practice. They're coming back to the Bay Area, taking Friday off, practice Saturday, practice Sunday, leave Sunday afternoon for L.A. You can't do much in LA. I was though, thinking, so really man, can you can you do something? Is
2: La La kind of La is shut down or what? I know the numbers are high. Number
1: one, La is shut down, and number okay. two, sure you can do something, but then half your team might be, be ineligible done, yeah. to play because they're in health and safety Absolutely, protocols. Right, yeah. So um, yeah, you probably don't want to do anything. So uh, I mean, the Lakers are the best team in the NBA right now, um, and they'll I'm sure be up for the MLK showcase game, but the Warriors having three off days to lead them into that. I'm curious how they come out. Right. I mean, even if they lose that game, as we've seen with the Bucks nets game compared to even this Denver game, like how they lose will be interesting. If or they're if they win, in the game with three
2: minutes left, like that's a victory in the showcase. They can't, what you don't want to see is them lose by 30 in the showcase game again. Like that's, that's what you don't want to see. Like, just yeah. be be in the game. Like, that's just kind of up to Steph, though. But be in the game. If they, if Steph if Steph is playing well, they'll probably be in striking distance, right? Like a puncher's chance.
1: I'm curious about Wiseman against the Davis Gasol. This is Harrell it right Ryan's
2: here, right? So. This is gonna be it. This is what we go. Yeah. This is worth the price of admission, right here. How does he look? Does he get completely owned, or does this young fella show you a little something? With three days to prep, that's gonna be a tough one. Nah, it's gonna be like that no, Spider-Man no, no. It's meme. A, it's right? a good We're no, gonna
1: go that far. Um <laughs> it's a good MLK uh, slate of games uh for, for the NBA. Capped off. It's a night game. Uh so Marcus, thank you for coming on and we will talk to you again post game Lakers, Warriors. That should should be a good one.
2: All right, calm down, Warriors fans. It'll be all right.